so from what Noah's just read, it sort of says that if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And the thing is, is when we look around, there is so much to to love, like isn't it? Like, have you ever just recently, we, when we were away on our trip, we were in Sydney one day, and we went to the food court in Sydney, and probably one of the things that was a problem is that you are overwhelmed by choice. And, and, and the thing is, one, money becomes a hurdle and two, stomach capacity becomes a hurdle. You can't just go, I'll have one of those and one of those and one of that. And, and so all of a sudden you're flooded by all these different um, sort of um, ways of, of people, of, of ways of, of food sort of like you can smell them and then you've got all the, the basics, your McDonald's and the KFC and, and you're used to those smells and, but then you've got all these other things you go, oh, do I want some of that? Do, and then it all goes, oh, the line's too long there. Can I wait that long to eat that food? And, and like, and then you go, can I afford that food? And, and, and so we're overwhelmed by these, I suppose, conflicting desires. Now, again, that's just food. It's not like it's not the be on end all that you go home again, you'll, you'll cook something else you love or you'll have meals that not your favourite but at least get you through. Um, but when it comes to the world and the things that we can love, it's the same kind of thing at times. We are put in a position where we are overwhelmed by things that can grab our attention, that can grab our hearts. And the thing is, the way that they're pushed upon us, it is the be-all and end-all. If you don't have this in your life, then you don't have the opportunity to, to live life to the full. And so all of a sudden we get caught up and, and it's not just things. It can be the way that we look at ourselves and, and the um, um, the things that we do and, and the things that we have and, and our identity all get wrapped up in this. And we go, oh, I've got to be this person to really live life or I've got to have this or I've got to have this promotion at work or I've got to look like this to my friends to, to, to actually live the life that is, is meant to live. And today I want to look at this idea of, of loving the things that matter. Things, and I think, I suppose when we look at loving things that matter, we, we want to love things that will last. Like, we, we live in a world of, of modern technology. Anyone here got a, a piece of furniture or equipment at home that has lasted for a long time? Anyone got anything that they've had for 30 years in their home? We just, just when we um, um, moved into the house we were renting, we had a deep freezer. And the problem was it was too big for us. We didn't have anywhere to put it. And we went, we want to get something smaller. I'll get rid of it. The, the problem was I didn't want to get rid of it because my parents had given it to me, but they had bought it just before I was born. And it was still working. The thing is, you buy something today, they'll give you a one-year warranty. They, then they trap you with the, the five-year extended warranty. And day one on year six, it breaks down. Like, it's, it's, they're not made to last. And the same way, the world actually wants us to love things that were never intended to last. And so as we finish this series, looking at the idea of, 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 of Clyde and the idea that it affected our faith at times, and it's more than a little bit, it's a lot, will collide with the values of this world. Like some of it's really obvious. There's some things that the Bible says, this is sin, and the world then turns around and celebrates. There are some things we say, this is life. Someone is pregnant, and this is great. It's great news. God has created a child in, in, for this family. And the world turns around and says, they don't really exist until they're born. Let's get rid of them. 
Now, the Bible is really clear about that. It is really clear. But then there's other things that we kind of can get into the position where we kind of go, oh, what I'm doing is not a bad thing. I'm, I'm successful at my job at the sacrifice of my family. Well, God actually says, but we, but we don't put it like that because often we will do things like we'll work for the sake of our family. So what the, the story that we're telling us, the story that the world is actually encouraging us to live out, is it's a good story. But when we look at it closely, is that what God wants? It may be where God wants you to live. And God used to think, oh, I want to live here. I wanted to live here all my life. And so you will do everything you can to be in that location, wherever it is. It could be the paradise known as Japan. It could be the luxury lifestyle of Rockhampton. It could be, okay, we've got to move away altogether. We've got to find a little island somewhere because that's what I want and, and I'm waiting for God to bless me so I can go do that. But the reality is, again, sometimes we've got to weigh that up against what God wants for us because if our desires and our wants make God's desire for our lives disappear, we get into trouble then. And the thing is, sometimes we can live our whole lives out of alignment with God's will because we are loving what we want rather than loving what God wants. Like we look for convenience and sometimes what God wants will cause inconvenience. But if we love what God wants, we'll actually jump at that. And the thing is, like when it comes to love and looking at people in your life, we should be willing to be inconvenienced so that we can show love for people. Now, again, no show of hands on this because I don't want you to get into trouble if you don't put your hand up. But has anyone ever sacrificed for those that lo they love in their life? So grandparents sacrifice for their grandkids. Like their grandkids might want to play a board game or watch a TV show that like is, is just destroying your brain as you're watching it. Maybe we've done the same as parents. Or, or maybe you, you want to sacrifice um, for to something you're doing to spend time with your wife or husband. Or you want to sacrifice something that you're doing. I'm going to finish work early so I can go watch my kids play sport. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm just going to spend time with my kids doing this. Or you're going to looking after other people that you you love. But you to to show that love, you must sacrifice something. You must be willing to to step out of your sort of comfort area so that you can love the things that matter in your life. And when we, we reinvestigate that passage that Noah looked at, it, it talks about desire. It talks about the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life and saying that's not from God, that's from the world. But he also says the world is passing away and the one who does what God wants will live forever. And see, John is talking about a craving here in this passage. He says we are tempted to crave the things of this world and, and I believe the first stop... stop step to loving what matters is correcting the crave. Anyone here ever gone on a diet and the thing that they shouldn't be eating is the first thing that they want? Like five minutes in. And you kind of go, why don't I have that now? I'll reset my diet for 10 minutes later. So I'm starting my diet not at 9 o'clock in the morning, at 9.30 in the morning. And so the chocolate, the donuts, the whatever else you want to have at that point in time is fine. And sometimes that half an hour delay becomes a, a day delay because we went, we don't actually sort of jump into that food to right at the end of the day going, I'll just start tomorrow. But the problem is 
that craving is there because you've developed a, a hunger for and a taste for those things. You've, you desire, if it's a sweet tooth or a savoury thing or, or, or coffee or, or chocolate or whatever it may be, you've developed a crave for it. And so there needs to be a time where you say no to that. Um, and so John names cravings for us that we have to do with our flesh. Um, and, and so he, he's saying that there are things that we will desire in our flesh that will actually draw us to what the world wants rather than what God wants. Um, and so all those things become things that will pull us away from God. Um, now, maybe, as I said before, maybe there are times that we want to be more significant or more famous or more recognised than, than we are. Maybe you just you do things to actually impress those around you. Um, and again, maybe it's on you. Maybe you know people around you who do this, so who every opportunity, you, you're in that group of friends telling people, like, oh, yeah, my kids have done this or my grandkids have done this or I've done this. And you kind of pause for 10 seconds tops and they jump in, well, this is what I've done or this is what my kids have done. Your, your kid's got an A on their report card. Mine's, mine's um, done brain surgery already. Like that's what my kids have done. Like they kind of, they try and outdo each other. And we, we get in a position where we want to elevate ourselves and, 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 and elevate the things that will make us important in our world. And then we have a craving to do that. That's our pride coming to the foremost. Um, and, and the thing is, there are plenty of people in our world who are famous for no other reason than being famous. If you actually said to them, what significance have they played in this world? Or oh, they've had a reality TV show. And you go, what, 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 is, what significance has that brought? But they are famous. And then we have people in our, in our world then who are pursuing that. We have a generation of people that are going, I'm going to make a video of myself so I can go viral. Well, so I can, people can watch me and I can become significant in some way. Now the thing is, how, what kind of world do we live in that it sounds like we are infectious or disease, and that's a good thing. That's, that's the world we're living in. And so we need to get to the point where we develop, we, we stop the cravings that are, or correct the crave that we have. Now, sometimes, like, when it comes to dieting, resetting a pattern, re, redoing those things, or getting back in the habit of going to the gym. Anyone ever been a gym goer at all, or a runner, or something like that? Um, and so if you have stopped... And then, like, maybe you stop for a month or six months or some of you is 15 years. Whatever the stop was, you've got to the point where you go, I'm going to get back into it. And day one, you're psyched, you, you take your music in, you do whatever else you, you've got to do to get you in that motivation to do it. And then you go for it. And, and you push yourself a little bit. I'm going to push myself. I'm not just going to go walk um, one kilometre in seven hours. I'm going, to, I'm going to push myself a little bit. And so you're tired at the end, but you feel like you've, you've succeeded and you've achieved something. And you go to bed that night and during the night something happens. And you wake up in the morning and your body feels like something, an elephant has sat on you overnight. And your legs won't work and you can't sit up and you can't do everything else. And all of a sudden your body is feeling the work that you've done yesterday. And all of a sudden, I was going back to the gym today and I'm going, oh, I can't move. I don't, and it, and it takes, a lot of effort to go back again. Like you, you some part of your brain goes, 
why would I want to wake up tomorrow like this as well? But the great thing is the more you exercise, the more you do that, your body gets used to it and you actually start feeling great all the time. You wake up in the morning, you're feeling great. Same with dieting, same with other things. In the same way, when we correct the curve when it comes to our our physical life as it impacts our spiritual life, some of those things that we need to stop doing and then the things that we need to start doing, it might be hard to begin with to develop the habit in our life, to, to reading God's word or coming to church regularly, showing up to prayer meeting, being involved in different ministries around the church, getting in the habit of sharing your faith with those around you. All those things become something that it might be difficult to get going. And you might wake up the next day and your spiritual muscles are, are hurting, your brain is going, there's too much going on up here. But every day that you do it, it becomes easier and it benefits your, your, your spiritual life. And, and some of those things are going to be basic things. If you want to get up and read God's Word in the morning, you've got to go to bed at night at a time that allows you to get up and read God's Word in the morning. If I stay up a bit late, when my alarm goes off, the first thing that gets when I push snooze, or sometimes it's not snooze, I reset my alarm. Like, okay. How much time? I don't really need to do those things before I get up. So let's just change my alarm altogether. But the thing is, I lose the things that actually matter then. And so we need to do, we need to correct a crave, and we need to realise that there is hard work that comes with that. Um, now I, I know God wants to correct the cravings in your life that are not of Him. He wants you to hunger after something more than the world can give you and that is his love for you and, and, and in that knowing his purpose and his plans for your life. And so we actually we find God's love by first finding God. And so the second point, we, we need to correct the, the crave but we also need to find God's favour. Uh, elsewhere in 1 John, the Bible tells us that God is love. When we find God, we find true love. In the verse we read a few moments ago, um, we have to pay attention to how John ends this section. He says, The things of this world, even the world itself, will one day pass away. To close out his teaching, John says, But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I want to, I want to let those words sink in for a moment. Everything in this world will, will all pass. Luke 21:33 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus said these things. He said, One day heaven and earth will both pass away, but God's word will last forever all throughout the Bible. God shows us how to live as he desires us to live. The things we are to say, the ways that we are to act, it all comes down to the love we are to show those around us. The world's love is what I like to call conditional. Conditional love basically means that you are only showing love to those who you believe deserve it. No one here has ever done that, I'm sure. Like, Because we love people that hurt us. We love people that do horrible things to us. We love people that we think are weird. Well, I do that because I look out the church and I love you all. And you can guys can work out who's weird and amongst that. But, but the thing is, we, we, we do love conditionally at times. 
we, we do it at kid, as kids. So for the kids listening, anyone ever gone, I, I hate you, mum and dad, because they won't give us the thing that we want? Leanne, you just nodded. So I'm going, are you doing that as a child or have you got a child who's doing that to you? I'm going, um, maybe maybe Jimmy and Helen, you've... you've um, what does Leanne want that she's doing a tantrum for? So, but but the thing is, yeah, our kids will sometimes go. You will show me love by giving me the chocolate, the toy, letting me stay up to all manner of times of the night. But the thing is, we actually show our love for them by not giving them what they want at times. Why? Because they are children and they don't know any better. When we look at it spiritually, we are all God's children. And sometimes we don't know any better. And God just shows his love for us. But the world does have conditional love. And, and so as soon as someone wrongs you or says something rude to you or causes you pain in some way, they are no longer worthy of your love. Or according to the way the world thinks. The world actually says you should get them back or you should cut them out of your life or you should do a whole lot of different things. That's what the world says. In fact, if you watch most movies, that's what it's all about. Like, let's, let's get those people back. They did this to me. I'm going to do this to them. But when we look at God's love, his love is unconditional. And here's how I know it is unconditional. None of us here today deserves to be loved by God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Okay. Have a look around. I want you to just physically turn your neck. Have a look around you today. And you can actually say that you are all sinners. But then you sort of need to go try and look, close your eyes and then look at the back of your eyelids and go, well, I am a sinner too. I'm, I'm in that same boat. And for all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. But even with this being true, God, God decided to show us love and grace and mercy anyway. God had already made a decision to love you and me. God had already made that decision even before you were born. God knew all the things that you were going to do with your life. So think about that. You think back over every year that you have lived. You think about those times you got in so much trouble with mum and dad or so much trouble with your wife or so much trouble at school. And God went, I knew you were going to do that and I loved you anyway. I, don't, I didn't want that for you. I wanted you to choose something else, but I loved you anyway, and my grace was there for you. So the only question left is, will we make a decision to love him back? God, God has loved us. God is, we find favour with God. His blessing is upon us. When we, when we correct the crave in our life and choose and let, like find the love that God has for us, what will we do with that? And that's the third thing I want to share with today. It's a daily decision that we, we make. It's a daily decision to follow God. Many people, people believe once you've prayed the sinner's prayer, God, forgive me of my sins. I accept you as Lord and Saviour. Amen. Rubber stamped, I'm into heaven. That's all I've got to do in life. No, 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 that, that's the doorway. God has opened a door for us to enter into life that he has for us. And some of us stay on the doormat. That's where we live. Our, our Christian experience is on the doormat of God's eternal reward for us that is available in the present. 
His eternal reward for us is available for us right now to enter into the life he has for us. And we just stand in the doormat. We actually look in and go, God, you've got a great kitchen. Like, oh, I can smell the food coming from there. I can, I can see the life that you have for me, but I'm going to stay here on this doormat. But God wants us to make a daily decision to follow him. And in following him, that is where we show our love for him. Anyone here remember The Princess Bride? Been around for a number of years, and at the start of that movie, you, I think it's Buttercup is is her name, and and Wesley, and every time that Buttercup does something mean to to Wesley, he goes as you wish, and then at, later in the movie, as she, I think she pushes the pirate down the hill, which is really Wesley, and and she says I want you to, to go die, and he says as you wish, and she realised oh it's my Wesley. The way that we respond to God's call in our life. Is like us saying, as you wish, and acting that out. And actually seeing God and, and loving God so much that we our life changes. So as God loves us and we love him, we can't remain the same. We can't live in a way where one foot is in the world and one foot is in God's camp. We, we will end up doing spiritual splits and it will spiritually hurt. I'm not even going to try and do the splits today because... There's, I don't think we've got any. We don't have any nurses here today. I'd be doing myself. So, oh, we do. Okay, we've got one. Um, come along to church and, and fix the pastor. No, no, we're not doing that today. Um, the, but the thing is, it's a daily decision to actually put ourselves totally into God's camp and say, I love you, God. I want to walk in your steps. I want to be with you. And I want to be doing the things that you want me to do. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. As we look at our decisions, as we look at God sort of desiring and, 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 and that we matter to God and so God should matter to us, as, as that dynamic plays out in our lives, we've got to start... We can't just say, oh, I'll, I'll put it off till tomorrow. It's not like that, that diet, I'll just start it tomorrow and it'll be all good. We, we need to start doing something today and we need to be looking at the way that we live and the way that we think and the decisions that we make. Do the decisions I make align with the Word of God? Do the things that fill my heart with, with desire, the things that I'm pursuing in my life, are they what God wants for me? Because if they're not, you will probably desire them and you will find them and they'll bring you joy for a moment and then something else will have to fill that because it, it, you, your life will feel empty again. But if we pursue the things of God, all of a sudden it may not seem like much, but all of a sudden our life is full to overflowing. So today as we look at how we collide with the world around us, as we look at the fact that we can get so easily distracted, so easily sort of pulled away from what God wants, that we turn around and so you get pulled aside. We need to correct our crave. We need to correct the things that we are pursuing and that we want and line them up with what God wants. And we do that by accepting the love that God has for us. And in so doing, then we choose to make a daily decision to follow in love after God. 
in so doing, we are able to get to a place where the, the impact of the world has on us lessens and lessens and lessens and we start to live as light and salt in a world that needs to clearly see Jesus and we become the first point of, of um, the example that they need to see. Are you willing to do that today? Are you willing to, one, realise that God, you matter to God and that you need to love things that will matter for eternity and you can start doing that today? That's the challenge for you today, to take into this week and to live a life of love towards God that will impact you now and forever. Lord, I thank you that for your love for us. That is, is so evident as we explore your scriptures, as we experience your interaction with our lives, as, as we see you sort of come and, 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 and be a blessing in, in so many different areas and be a strength and provide your grace and to give us forgiveness. Again, while we were yet sinners, you died for us. You showed your love in such great and mighty ways. And so today, Lord, I would ask that you would challenge each one of us, that you would lift us up and, and enable us to follow after you with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our strength and all our soul, and that we would truly love what matters for eternity. We pray this in your name. Amen.